0: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the All That To Say podcast. Around here, we talk about the hard stuff because I've been through a lot of it, and so have you. And therapy has been a monumental part of my coping and my healing since I was in my early 20s. Well, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists, who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time, schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com betterhelp, slash all that to say. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot all that to say. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That to Say Podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that God helps us mother our children when we find ourselves on our own. Today, I'm going to answer a few common questions I've gotten about being a single mom. I am going to jump right in. First question, Would my kids have been better off if my husband and I stayed married? Have you seen the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow? It's a couple decades old probably, but Gwyneth Paltrow's character, her life hinges unknown to her on whether or not she catches a train and we see it play out both ways. It's kind of an interesting movie. My entire life has felt like that since my separation um, and through my divorce, um, I can picture my old life. Had I not made that one pivotal decision and then had that one pivotal conversation, there's a chance I'd still be married. I might still be living in that sweet little home with the pond that I adored. My kids might have had both parents for, you know, the remainder of their teenage years all living together and everything could have stayed just as it was. However, those parents, more than likely, he and I, would still be fighting almost constantly, and I, more than likely, would still have been miserable and dying emotionally more and more each day. And my kids, well, they would have been going to bed every night knowing there was something terribly wrong in their family, and they would have overheard arguments and words that they shouldn't have had to They would have seen their mom cry again and again, which they already had been seeing. Um, They would see something so wrong, but try to convince themselves simultaneously that this is what a Christian marriage looks like, along with making themselves promises to never ever have a marriage like their parents' marriage. This is such a tricky topic. Some would say that any marriage is better than no marriage as far as kids are concerned, and others would debate that kids need to feel safe and their home should be peaceful, and that is worth the trade-off of a broken home. I can't answer this for any family but my own, but here's what I can say. I stayed in my marriage as long as I did for a multitude of reasons, but one was that I had promised myself I wouldn't pass on the legacy of divorce no matter the cost to myself. I can also say that one of the many reasons I didn't stay married was because I couldn't stand what my son was learning regarding being a husband and what my daughter was learning regarding being a wife. What my then husband and I were together was caustic and toxic and sad and the opposite of the picture Christ wanted to paint of his relationship to the church. I need to clarify though that I was the one divorced, not the one who did the divorcing, but on the list of reasons of how I knew I would be able to make it through if I were on the receiving end of a divorce was at the top having a few years to attempt to undo the damage my, ch- my marriage did to my children. Now, I know my children well enough to know that perhaps deep down, as all pr- children probably want, they would have wanted their parents to last and to stay together, but only if we could have gotten healed together, which just wasn't happening. And I know my children well enough to know that there has been, since my divorce day 12 years ago, a deep relief fell over the three of us after not having to live in that constant chaos anymore. Also, I've heard it said that God dwells in the present, not in our what-ifs. So if you're already divorced, this question technically doesn't matter anyway, and your emotional energy can be better used elsewhere. Either way, I believe with like everything in me that God will not take it out on your children that you divorced. They are learning skills that most people don't learn until adulthood. They absolutely still have a fighting chance at wonderful relationships and a fulfilling life. God has a plan for them and it is good. So regardless, there's grace and there is healing. Lots and lots of healing. Next question. Are my kids learning bad relational habits from me? Oof. Okay. (laughs) You teach people how to treat you. Oh, I kind of wish that weren't true. Um, Seriously, it's one of the most sobering thoughts I've ever stumbled upon in the world of recovery and psychology and healing and wholeness. Every day of my life, I taught the people around me how I wanted to be treated and what I would consider to be acceptable behavior. I taught them this by not speaking up when I was hurt, by staying in the room, uh, by reacting the same way every time. I taught them this by remaining in relationships fraught with toxicity. I taught them this by coming back for more. I taught them. I hate this thought process, obviously, because it places the responsibility squarely on my own shoulders for years of heartache. I won't go into like the tiny little details, like I was convinced I couldn't leave and such because frankly, that's not the point. Staying or leaving, I could have chosen other ways to deal with things. I'm thinking about this now because I'm looking at my children differently. I look at my daughter and want a different life, a different set of relationships for her. I want her to know not to jump into the cycle of harm and just stay there. I want her to know what to look for, what to stay away from, what it's okay to say no to. I want her to know what she can and cannot expect a relationship to do for her, what she can and cannot expect of herself in a relationship. And I look at my son and I want different choices, a different set of standards for him. I want him to know how to treat people, especially women. I want him to know what a needy woman cannot be rescued by another human. Bless all our needy hearts, but we can't. I want him to know what it looks like to honor and cherish. I want him to know that there's another way that his past, his parents' past does not have to define his present or his future. I want them both to know that God wants so much more for them and from them compared to what they've seen. That God makes it quite clear how we should treat others and therefore how we should expect to be treated. That yes, we are to turn the other cheek, but not to the detriment of our souls and hearts and minds. So on this side of my harmful marriage, for the past 10, 12 years, I have been trying to show my children how I am to be treated, and in turn, they hopefully have been learning to see the same for themselves. Question, how do you deal with your kids' questions about what's going on in our family and the divorce? I remember hearing the story of a child who asked his father where he came from, and his dad was flustered, but gave him the whole birds and the bees talk, and the child was mortified and said, I just meant from what state? (laughs) So the answer to this question depends on a couple things. First, how old are your children? Only you can determine what you feel they are really ready to hear and know. And how bad is their situation? If it's fairly cut and dry, then it could be easier to share the facts, but if things are crazy, if things are kind of hidden, um, you will absolutely need to run through a filter what you tell your kids about your situation, and it will change. It could even be different kid to kid. Um, When my children were preteens, I felt it was time to discuss one key factor playing out in our family because it was affecting them directly and would affect them into their futures. It was regarding how much to share about their uh, father's addiction. And I didn't rush into it. I got so much counsel on whether to even do it, how to do it, what to say. Like, I literally sat down with a counselor and wrote out a script. I told their father um, of my decision, and it went horribly. Um, But I had felt the Spirit lay it on my heart, and the counsel I got showed a consensus um, for their, for my children's safety. Um, so I moved forward without his permission. It was a very delicate subject, but I broached it with so much prayer and thought and gentleness and they handled the new knowledge as well as they could. Um, you know, over the years of the ensuing separation and divorce, I have had to bring up other difficult things now and then, um, on some things, they absolutely do not know the daily details of the the chaos that went on, sort of behind the scenes. They didn't need to know everything, but there were some things that I felt they needed to know. Um, so, what we need to remember: a couple things. Our kids aren't dumb. <laughs> kids are so intuitive. Um, a child can sense when there is something wrong in their family. Um, I think they're just more aware than we give them credit for. There have been times I've shared something that I thought would be brand new information. And my kids sort of looked at me like, duh, we totally knew that already. Um, And yet, though kids are perceptive, they can also sometimes be naive. So I remember sharing something pretty important um, with my kids and their eyes just grew wide. Like they had no idea that that certain thing had been going on, but I needed them to know. Um, I needed them to know that I wasn't just being overdramatic or, you know, ridiculously overprotective without just cause. I needed them to be aware of their reality. I needed them to learn how to protect themselves emotionally and physically and spiritually. I needed them to know what is emotional health and what is emotional craziness. If your child is asking you questions about his other parent or about your marriage or divorce, I would say to take that as a cue. Either you're going to inform him of the truth and help him shape what he's thinking and feeling. And I mean that in the best way. I don't mean in a husband or ex-husband bashing way, but either you're going to share this or he's going to fill up the silences with his own narratives. So take their ages into consideration, pray for wisdom and the right words, and then answer as appropriately, authentically as you can. If your child isn't asking, that doesn't mean she's not wondering. Um, I would say, you know, especially during the separation and an early divorce. I remember I would just kind of occasionally say out of the blue, "Just a reminder, you can ask me anything <laughs> about God or life or marriage or what's going on with our family situation or you know your friendships or sex or whatever." I mean, they probably you know will roll their eyes, but. I believe deep down, they will be relieved every time that you remind them that they have nothing to hide and that your door is always open. Remember, we are the ones, our children are learning how to be human, how to live life from what is right and wrong, what's healthy, what's not so healthy. You do not have to tell your children everything, but you should be telling them something. Um, which brings me to this next question. Um my husband is an alcoholic. Should I tell my children about their father's drinking? Okay. This is such a sensitive subject. Um, there's no easy answer or one size fits all for everyone. Again, this depends on how old your children are. Um, but if your kids are in their preteens or teens, there, I, I think there are three good reasons to consider talking to them about this topic. Um Number one, your children need to know that they are genetically predisposed to alcoholism and that even one sip could change their lives forever. I'm not trying to be overdramatic. It's just the truth. We cannot be naive. Um, our children m- will more than likely find themselves in positions where they are tempted to try alcohol, whether it be at a party or a school function or sadly, even a family event. We can't assume that our kids will skate through their adolescence without being offered or trying alcohol. So if their father drinks or uses drugs, they need to know that they are more at risk to have an addiction. They need to be armed with this information so they can make intelligent choices. Number two, this one's so hard. They need to be given the permission to tell their father they won't get into a car with him if he's been drinking. Um, It's especially hard if we've been teaching our kids all their lives to obey us as their parents. But in this instance, they need to be taught that this is an exception for their safety. For some, it will be easy to tell when their father has been drinking because he's had a beer in his hand all day, or they just, they know, they just know. For others, their fathers hide their drinking and they may literally never see it. So you will need to instruct them in their father's drinking tells. Does he begin to slur his speech? Does he laugh louder? Um, Does he carry around a mug all the time? Does he bump into door jams? Does he get angrier? Whatever his are, you need to let them know. Um, You know what they are as you've probably been studying him for ages. So um, now, does this change the dynamic between your children and their father? Yes, unfortunately. But you have to remember that it's not you, the truth revealer that caused the shift. It was the alcoholic and you are protecting your children. One of you needs to. Um, Number three, they may want to attend Allotine um, for children 12 to 19, where the only requirement for attendance is that you are affected by someone's drinking. This can be a great support group for teens who feel alone and confused by their circumstances. Now, I would only do this after much prayer. You're gonna wanna run this by a couple people you trust to make sure your motives are pure, The protection of the children should be your main motive. You may want to write out what you're going to say. You may even want to set up an appointment with a counselor. I did all of this. Um, You could even have you and your counselor tell them together. Afterwards, make sure they know about Allatine. that you are open to any follow-up questions they may have. Um, Keep it simple. Don't say more than they need to know. Um, Make sure that they um, can and should still love and respect their father that other than getting in a car with him or any other activity that seems dangerous, they are still to quote unquote, obey him as best as they're able, you know, assuming he is sober when he's giving them a directive or whatever. Um, and that though he is going through this, he still loves them very much. And it's not something that they have caused. It's not something they can stop. This will be one of the most difficult conversations you will ever ever have with your children, but it's also one of the most important and one of the bravest. Um, You don't want them not knowing this. I hate to say it. Um, You don't want them to find out in the wrong way and you're trying to protect them. Okay. Next question. Are my kids doomed? Um, I am a child of divorce and I got divorced. I hate both of those sentences. That little life truth makes me sometimes still nauseous when I let it because the next natural step in that equation would seem to be, therefore my kids will end up in difficult marriages and or get divorced too. Um, Let me just say though, as hard as a hard marriage was and as horrible as divorce is, and as much as I wanna spare my children from any kind of pain at all if I could, And I hope this lands the way I mean it. Um, If either of my children end up in a difficult marriage and or end up getting divorced, it would be awful, awful, but it it wouldn't be the end of the world for them or for me. Don't get me wrong. I don't want that for them. God doesn't want that for them. They don't want that for themselves. But if that is what their hard thing ends up being in life, it's live-throughable. So let's just let that truth, you know, take some of the steam out of the word doomed. Um, As far as the real question underneath the question, I think it's are they destined to repeat our mistakes? And the answer would be absolutely not. Um, They will if you don't look your mistakes full in the face and dissect them all and take responsibility and make amends. But if you do the hard work now, you will be able to impart serious life lessons to your children that can help them avoid your pitfalls. Things like choose your marriage partner with the utmost care. It's not who you can live without. Sorry, it's not who you can't live without. That's like a romantic comedy. It's who you can honestly see yourself living out your daily life with, who will make you a better person, who you can serve and be a good partner too. Um, things like feel your feelings. Are your kids able to express their emotions? They need to know what their feelings are to be able to verbally describe how they're feeling and appropriately express them. It's okay to cry. It's not okay to punch someone, things like that. Um, things like it's it's wise to ask for help. Living life in isolation can only lead to trouble. Make sure your children know now how to choose good friends and how to know when it's time to call in the big guns and get outside help for a troubling situation. Things like God's grace covers it all. 1 Peter 4, 8 says that love covers a multitude of sins. Your child will make mistakes, a lot of them. If we didn't sin and mess up, Jesus wouldn't have had to come for us. We shouldn't run headlong into sin, touting that grace will be there to catch us when we fall, but we can rest in the comfort that when we do mess up, he will be there to pick up the pieces. There is no mistake too big for the love of God. Do your children know these things? Do you know these things? You must know these things first before you can pass them along, but you can pass them along. You can stand up and put a stop to some things. You can begin speaking truth against the wrong or evil going on in your home, in your family, in your relationships. You can model how things should be done. You can apologize when you mess up. You can correct and discipline and pray when dangerous patterns start to emerge. You can start a new cycle, a new generation of light and wholeness and hope in your family and You can take a breath because your father, God, is also your children's father and he's got them. He won't let them fall just like he hasn't let you. Let me wrap up by reading from Psalm 10, 14 through 18. But you, oh God, do see our trouble and grief. You consider it to take it in hand. The victim commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evil man. Call him to account for his wickedness that would not be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed in order that man who is of the earth may terrify no more. Your children will be okay. Even when they're not okay, they are okay and will be okay because of God. I will post a link in the show notes to Heartbreak to Hope and my ebook for single moms As always, if this episode or the All That To Say podcast has been meaningful to you, would you consider sharing it, subscribing it, rating it, reviewing it? All of those take about 10 seconds, and it would mean the world to me to help me reach more women with the hope and healing and love of Jesus. So sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world. And you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.